For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode, episode number six of the Believe in Patriots podcast. If you missed any of the episodes so far, you can always go back and find them. Believe in Patriots, you can just simply Google it, take you to the Believe website. You can also subscribe, rate, review on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, or you can watch us on YouTube. So we are everywhere. We are everywhere for you. You can follow us again, all those places, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Believe in Patriots. You can follow me on social media, on Twitter, at F.A. Radio Brady. So at Free Agent Radio Brady. Plenty to get to. Bob Sosi joined us in our last one. Bob Sosi, the voice of the Patriots. That was great. Got a lot of good compliments there as well. Our guy Miguel from at Pat's Cap will join us in about 15 minutes from now. If you are not, if you are a Patriots fan and you are not following Miguel, you need to be at Pat's Cap on Twitter. He's got every piece of information you could want to know about the Patriots' money issues. Whenever a transaction happens, he tells you exactly what the amount of cap space the Pats have. Are They always say you got to find your niche, your niche. I always say niche. A lot of people say niche, though. you got to find your niche and, and exploit that. And Miguel does that better than anybody, it feels like, on the Patriots' beat because he keeps track of the Patriots' salary cap and all the Pats' beat writers are in, and TV radio people are all over what he's got as well. So he joins us in about 15 minutes. I saw something interesting on Twitter. I wanted to address. So um, a lot of you know, I just lost my job as a radio host in Burlington, Vermont. And, and somebody decided to, I guess, pile on and say, Farkas can never be the voice of Patriots fans. He grew up a Seattle fan. He grew up in New York. He could never be the voice of New England. I did grow up in New York. and I did grow up as a Seattle fan. I'm still a Seahawks fan in my heart as well, in addition to supporting the Patriots. I'm not trying to be the voice of a region. I'm not trying to be the voice of Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine, Massachusetts. I'm not trying to be the voice of the Patriots. I'm trying to be a place where you can come and get knowledgeable and get entertained. So get informed and get entertained about things that you care about as related to the New England Patriots. I am, although again, I grew up a Seattle fan. I've had more access to the New England Patriots than any other NFL team in my life, just because of what I've been able to do and who I've been able to surround myself with in the game, the context that I made, I am now more qualified to talk about the Patriots than I am a team that I grew up watching a team that I still support it to, to this day in the Seahawks. So, and you know, not that I've ditched my Seattle allegiances because I haven't, I am again, I am still a Seahawks fan. But you are allowed as you get older and as you grow into professional markets to take bits and pieces of what's around you. And and being around the Patriots every day for four years now has afforded me a different outlook, afforded me a different respect of the way that the Patriots do things, a different respect of the way that the organization is run, the way the organization is put together, of the players that there are. I've got a chance to meet and talk to several, several Patriots players 
over the years from Deion Lewis to Dante Hightower to Matthew Slater to Rex Burkhead to Brandon Bolden to Logan Ryan when he was here. I mean, I, I got a chance to Eric Rowe. I got a chance to talk to a lot of people who played for the Patriots in the current or the more, you know, in the most recent iteration of the Pats. But I've also gotten to speak to Willie McGinnis of the world multiple times and just develop an understanding of, of the organization, of the culture, and develop an appreciation for that and make some friends too. So I'm not trying to be the voice of a region. I'm just trying to help bring you great coverage that aids you in your conversation and get you some stuff maybe that you can't get in other places. Um, the big story of today, and I'm recording this late Monday, the big story is that college football is going to be drastically different in 2020. And I know that it's not NFL talk and it doesn't impact the Patriots directly, maybe in the way that you think that it does, but it does ultimately impact the Patriots and it impacts fans of football in general. So as I do this, it looks like the Big Ten is going to cancel football. It looks like the Pac-12 is going to cancel football as well. The ACC, Big 12, SEC on the fence, but trying to salvage something. I've even seen reports that some of the Big Ten schools might leave the Big Ten for one year and hook on with the Big 12 in an effort to try to save their season because they're not on board necessarily with with canceling the season in their own conference. So there's, there's many balls up in, in many different courts now as I record this. This all started a couple of days ago with the MAC, the MAC, Mid-American Conference. When they started losing their non-conference games, when they started losing their games against big-ticket teams, big-revenue teams, teams that would pay them to play, it no longer became financially viable for the MAC to take the risk associated with playing through the pandemic. So when everybody says, oh, this is about money, that was one instinct or one instance where it really was about money. I think the Mac, if they had been allowed to have their buy games, to have their money games this season, they would have tried to figure out a way to stick this out through the pandemic. But when it wasn't financially solvent for them or financially viable for them, they decided to cut bait. The big thing for me is the Power Five conferences. I believe that the Power Five conferences could play football, Big 12, ACC, Pac-12, Big 10, SEC. I believe they could play. They have enough money, enough conference revenue, enough individual revenue in their universities that I think they could do the amount of testing that would be necessary. This comes down to two things if you're these Power 5 conferences. One is trust. They don't have it. And the other is liability. And they don't want it. So when I start with trust, again, I believe that they can that those five conferences and their member institutions can play football because they can afford the testing. What they don't trust is their student athletes or the student body at large to maintain good practice when it comes to social distancing, not going to parties, not being around, you know, not being in big gatherings, not being in other people's dorm rooms. And you know what? Think about back to when you were in college. Would you have, when you feel bulletproof, would you have gone in and adhered to everything? Not necessarily. Even going to class in some cases, even though a lot of classes are being done online and a lot of athlete classes are already done online, they don't trust that their athletes 
and their student body at large will adhere to it. And therefore, they don't want liability. They don't want liability on the campus. They also don't want it in their program because as much money is at stake here, they don't want their entire reputation. They don't want their jobs, meaning university presidents, chancellors, et cetera. They don't want their jobs to be taken away because somebody got sick, developed a long-term health issue, or God forbid somebody died. They don't want that to be something that gets put on them and something that gets that that jeopardizes the university as a whole or jeopardizes their position in the university as a whole. The people making these decisions, they are not college football coaches. They are not athletic directors. They are oftentimes lawyers and presidents and chancellors and doctors and people on university boards who are most of which are not sports people and not football people. They are looking at the macro. They do not want to see somebody get sick and somebody die on their watch. It's inevitable that people will continue to get the coronavirus. They don't want it to happen on their watch. How does it impact the Patriots moving forward as we circle back? Well, it impacts the NFL because if college football cancels or if college football is drastically reduced this year, ding, 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 here comes Saturday football all season long for the NFL. If there can be another window, another broadcast window for the NFL to maximize, they are going to do it. The Patriots are scheduled, I believe, for five primetime games. Sunday night against Seattle, Sunday night against Baltimore, Monday night with the Jets. They've got a game, I think, Monday night with Buffalo, and they got Thursday with the Rams. So they are scheduled for five primetime games. Maybe you see another game get flexed out to Saturday, and we start seeing more Saturday. We're going to see more Saturday football because if they can monopolize the entire weekend and can see what the traction looks like for an NFL slate, then they can start to get more money, and maybe they go and do this again in the future. And even if it's just a one-year thing, the NFL wants to be in your stream of consciousness 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And if they can get into the NBA, and if they can get into the NHL, and if they can get into the Major League Baseball playoffs, and then in basketball and hockey's cases, into next year's schedule as well, as that's going to start sometime in December by in all likelihood, then the NFL will have won in the way that it wants to win. It will have dented those other sports so that football is there. And, you know, as much as I love football, it's kind of gross that the NFL might win again here. Baseball couldn't get its act right. Basketball took forever to get into the bubble. Hockey, we didn't hear anything from a while. And football just went on and on and on with its business. And all of it might end up turning out roses, save for the nearly 70 players who opted out, luckily for the NFL's sake, none of which are quarterbacks. The last thing I want to address about the college football and, and just kind of sports in general is this idea that people are rooting against sports. And that couldn't be further from the truth. I, I lost my job a week and a half ago, part of it due to the coronavirus and the, and the lack of revenue coming in because of the lack of sports. I'm not rooting for sports to go away. I saw another guy in the industry today lose his job. There's been many guys and, and women in the industry who have lost their job. 
no one's rooting against sports. We cover sports. We talk sports. We want sports to exist exactly the same as it was before and better in the way that it was before so that we all have work. What sports has become is an easy conduit to prove people's point. That's all. This is where society is right now. You're more, you're so concerned with your side being right, in quotes, right, and sports has become a way for you to easily do that. The people all along who have been taking the coronavirus extremely seriously, they say, so when, when you hear talk of something getting canceled or, or sports being delayed or whatever, their instant focus is, hey, see, it's still dangerous out there. I've been justified all along in how I've been acting. I've been right all along. You have been wrong. See, we can't safely play baseball. See, we can't play college football. We can't play the NFL without players opting out. It looks, it's going to look it's going to look different because I was right all along. That is where people on that side of things that is where they fall. When you have people the other way who say who, who maybe aren't taking it as seriously or were never taking it seriously, their answer is just, oh, man, we can play football, but we can't do X. We can't go to a restaurant. Oh, we can play basketball safely. We can test safely in baseball and see they're not dying here. Yeah, they get up, they get quarantined, they come back, and, man, I can't go to work or I can't go to a restaurant or I can't go to a bar. Sports has simply become a way for everybody to – figure out, you know, sports has become a way to prove your side is right. And that is where society is at. I want to go out now to our guest. I want to bring him in. His name is Miguel. He goes by at Pat's cap yep. on Twitter. He is uh, one of the top follows for Patriots nation. Miguel, how are you? Doing all right. Doing all right. Just dealing. <laughs> I had I lost power in my home for like five days and still recovering from that. So I'm doing all right. Well, I appreciate you joining us. What is your day job? Because you do not work for the Patriots. You are no. not a capologist. What is your day job? I help my fellow employees with their computer problems. So help the Patriots with their money issues. Help your fellow employees. <laughs> <laughs> I know the Patriots follow me on Twitter. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're doing a pretty good job of managing the salary cap without me. <laughs> How did this get built? Because you're just a guy in Connecticut who's a Patriots fan. How did you become 30,000 Twitter followers and, and a must-follow for Pats Nation? How did this happen? Okay, so like in the year 2000, right, um, I read a story in the Boston Globe, about, and I'm going to say it's Ted, I'm pretty sure it's Ted Johnson, right? I wish I'd been down, had a diary for that day. But I was pretty sure it's Ted Johnson. Next day I read, he has a, a different cap number on the Boston Herald. That doesn't make any sense to me because, you know, it doesn't make sense to me as someone who's pretty good with math. So I decided, well, let me just keep track of these numbers myself. So then I reached out to, I asked people on users, those groups, of the Bosco mailing list, and this is from the year 2000. We didn't have Twitter back then. We didn't have, like, the forums and stuff like that. So I would just ask them, like, on users, news groups, and the Bosco mailing list to keep. If you see anything about a Patriots cap number, let me know. And then I would do some research, you know, my on like USA Today, which used to have a, a yearly salary uh, salary cap database, so I could double check my numbers there. Back way back in the day, in the early two thousands, 
there used to be the NFLPA used to publish resource um, PDFs about contracts. They would never specifically name players, but if they reference a previous linebacker with eight years experience, it's pretty much to figure easy pretty much easy to figure it out. I used to start doing that. Then I started the, the you know started the web page, started getting um some notoriety and then once once on Twitter I started blowing up um you know like Mike every time that Mike Reese mentions my name I get a whole bunch of followers on Twitter. Um I'm I'm pretty much um you see my name on a lot of articles and after that I get some more followers. Have the Patriots themselves ever contacted you about anything, good, bad, or the other? Through DM, no. Have they? People ask me questions where I think it might have been from a player, or I don't think it's from the Patriots themselves. Um, but I know for a fact, like I was, I was telling someone, sorry, a player, a former player is um, Nate. I'll say, I might as well say the name because it's on Twitter. Nate Ebner's aunt asked me how I knew about his $500,000 Pro Bowl bonus. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't, the Patriots know of me, and they follow me on on Twitter. I know, um, so, you know, the guys who who host the show follow me on Twitter. I know a couple of people on their media follow me on Twitter, so they know of me. I've been told by several beat writers when I had um, that the Patriots players know, follow look at my page. I've, I've been told that several times from different beat writers. So I know the have the pitchers asked me directly through a DM about something they never have. Have I thought that I've been asked the question that might have come from some of the organization? Yes. Can I prove it? No. The the Patriots know who you are, and the beat writers know who you are. Have you been profiled? Has there ever been a story about you written by these guys? Um, Tom Conner wrote me a story about me, and first one to write me a story about in two thousand, right after, right before the, right after the Super Bowl. Um, Hayden Bird for the Boston Globe wrote me wrote a story about me. Um, Brian Phelps from Pat's Palmet wrote a story about me or did like a, t- I must have been interviewed by him for like two hours. Cause <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> um, who else has written stories about me? Uh, my name is in two books. Um, Chris Bice mentioned me out, gave me a shout out and Jason Fitzgerald gave me a shout out. Cause literally I was the first person ever um, to create a salary cap page focused on one team. Do you like the the notoriety, the celebrity that comes with this, or does it become overwhelming to the point where you could never stop doing this now? I, I like it. I like it. it. It cracks me up because my sister, my well, my, my brothers and sisters just can't believe how people think. Oh my, you relate to him? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, my niece was was told by someone, one of my nieces. So it's told by someone, if you ever meet a Patriot fan, tell them that your uncle is Miguel Benzon. (laughs) Oh, man. So how did you teach yourself all this stuff? Because trying to figure out the NBA and the NFL salary structures is like studying hieroglyphics. How did you teach yourself this? Oh, it's just, for me, it was just math. Once I figured, once once I figured out the formula, a Patriot's, 
paint a player's cap number is his salary plus his signing bonus operation plus his off-season workout bonus plus any likely to be on incentives and 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 I'll say this an active roster bonus is also considered a, a, an incentive once I figured that out I started it came together to me and I learned the rules I mean the rules back then in the old CBA is a little bit more trickier than they are now because they were plus they simplified the rookie contracts and the best thing about me starting starting this in 2000 it started you know the ball rolling on other people putting up the salary cap stuff you know what I'm saying so and then now it's a lot easier out there and then I get I get DMs from people saying I learned something about from you know a beat but I know this and he tells me something and I, and I take it from there does your full-time job know about your side hobby? Do they get irritated with how much work you put in on the Pats beat? I, um, I don't. I don't do any. I'm pretty much don't look at Twitter when I'm working. Um, I only if you notice if you notice if you follow me on Twitter, you probably notice when I take my breaks. It's nine o'clock in the. I try to take it at nine o'clock in the morning. I take a, a, my lunch at noon. And I take it my afternoon brook at one. Do, my Boss knows I'm. Um, they know of me that I'm a big Patriots fan. I don't think they know that of my notoriety. You know what I'm saying? That how famous, how somewhat famous I am within the Patriots thing. Um, some people do. Some people don't. I happen to work for a multinational company that has over fifty thousand employees. I don't know more than. I'm gonna say no more than. 25 of them know what I do hmm. uh, on Pat, uh, as, as Pat's cap. You know so, what I'm saying? But that's a really small number of the big company. We've seen a lot. We've seen this movement in sports in the last 15 years or so where the analytics people, you know, are they're st statistically inclined people that yeah. go and they work for analytics websites. And then they ultimately end up in front offices like you see yeah. in football focus now a lot. And, would you ever work for a team if the opportunity ever came about? I wouldn't, I wouldn't work for any team except the Jets. <laughs> just because you can't stand the Jets as a Patriots uh, Just fan? because, let's just say, as a person of color, I received some racial epithets from Jets fans. Wow. That, that's about the salary cap stuff. I so I'm not going to help somebody, a group of people who disrespected me. Hmm. Has the, the option ever come? Has anyone ever reached out to you about working for a team is that something that I've, 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 got a pros, I, I've helped agents i haven't looked for a job working for it to think the problem is i pretty much established my job i don't really want to start at entry level yeah I, if i was the if I was, you tell me an NFL team says hey miguel we'll pay for your relocation we'll pay you at, the, at least what you're making at your current job i'm, I'm out i'm gone <laughs> I'm not starting. I'm not starting off like I'm just graduated from from college. Now you've been a Patriots fan for how many years now? How I don't know how I'm many years. I'm not a Patriots fan my entire life. I, I'm old enough um, that I remember Steve Grogan, mostly mostly I remember seeing Dallas the Dallas Stingley thing. I remember the Patriots being upset about. Losing the Patriots, losing to the Raiders. Um, so I'm, I've been been following, been a Patriots fan all my life. 
I'll probably be a fan of Patriots all my the rest of my life. Um, you asked me about would I probably do this, cover the salary cap? I probably will. I mean, it's a good. It's a, it keeps me busy. I can see that even as a, an older person, once I'm retired, I can still do it. It gives me something to do. Because um, um, so that would, I'd probably keep on doing it. I would. I like to. Um, yeah. So that's about it. Yeah. I'm picturing, I'm picturing you like the early days of fantasy baseball, where someone's out there tabulating box scores in the newspaper and counting oh. up. I, I pictured you out to dinner or out at a bar. Go on Twitter, Patriots acquire this little known player, and there you are on a napkin, just just jotting down notes. No, 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 no. I don't do that. And I, um, I never got into fantasy baseball. I do play fantasy football. I do. Sometimes when I I sometimes bring my Excel my laptop with me if I think the Patriots gonna break news, um, but most of the stuff I could probably do off the top of my head, especially the the, the last two guys I just signed like Jordan Leggett and um, Darius Kilko. I I'll be surprised if they sign a deal deals that are more than eight hundred twenty five thousand yeah. dollars. So that would take another three hundred thousand dollars off the Patriots cap. I'll be pleasantly you know I'll be that's why. Thinking they'll sign like one year deals for eight hundred twenty five thousand dollars, but I don't do I do I do it at the napkins? No, my wife wouldn't let me do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's amazing the Patriots the whole off season like less than a million dollars. Yeah, now, than- through through various other reasons. Now thirty three million dollars plus some of the most cap space in the NFL. Yep. Are even you surprised at how this has been manipulated to the Patriots' favor? I'm, I'm, I didn't see it coming. I never saw it coming. I, I, first of all, so like the way I interpreted the CBA for Antonio Brown, I thought they were going to, if they're going to get a credit, it'd be the end of the next year, the beginning of next year. I never thought it'd be in July, four months after the start of the league year. I thought if they were going to win, it'd be, you know, the next they would get in next March when the 2021 league year would start. As for Aaron Hernandez, I'm surprised they got that credit because I am. I don't know where that money he's getting that money from. Okay, all right. As for the opt-outs, I didn't see eight. I never know anyone who predicted eight. I guessed I. I'm not the only one, so I'm not gonna feel bad about it. But some of us who who try to put the cap guys. Who projected that the signing bonus would, when most of the signing bonus would, um, would stay the 2020 would stay on the 2020 cap, right? For some reason, it it, it didn't, and they have this quirky rule about um, other amounts treated like a signing bonus for Patrick Chung and Marcus Cannon, all right? So they have a little bit like about two million dollars for those two still on the uh, signing bonus on the 2020 cap. I thought there'd be nine million dollars more. I never thought that that um, that would happen. I see. I understand why that would happen. But if you had asked me in January, February, March, if these guys opted out, what would happen to the signing bonus ration? I would say, based on what happens that has happened in the past, it's staying in the twenty twenty cap. I was surprised by that. Um, I would I would like to hear from folks, the people who said when the when the Patriots had so much, so little cap space that Bill Belichick was a bad GM. <laughs> so he goes, you know, so a month later he's leading, he goes from having the least amount of cap space to leading, being one of the lead leaders in one month. Did he become a better GM in one month or just circumstances happen? 
And I, just, I, la I remember reading this tweet by the guy, I forget who it was. And I don't want to say that, I, I won't even guess because it wouldn't be fair if I got it wrong. But I remember laughing, I'm thinking, you're judging Bill Belichick on one year of 20 years of GM. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> $33 million in cap space. Now, what's your thought for what the Pats should do? Should they go all in on 2020 and try to get guys on one-year deals? Should they wait until guys get cut in training camp and try to overpay to get a better team this year? Should they try to make some longer-term investments with this money? Should they make trades? What do you think they should do? They should do what they've been doing. Signing the guys of the um like you know re-signing the guys so they should get a couple more veterans. I've been hopping for like a, a I don't think they'll do it again because they just signed Darius Gilco. But I would I was looking for like Snacks Harrison or Tim Jernigan. I think still think they need another linebacker. Um, I said to my one of my sisters that a team could spend the money. They willing to spend the money. This offseason, they could win a Super Bowl because if you if you spend the money, because there's a lot of veteran free agents out there, all right. If you sign three or four of them and you stay healthy, you might win a Super Bowl that you probably wouldn't have won other if it wasn't for the COVID pandemic. What about so the maybe you know? What I'm saying? So I, I I don't know if that team is the Patriots. I don't know. Like I I was thinking more like because I. After the 08 opt-outs, I'm like, oh, man, I really don't – that's a lot of guys to, to try to make up for. Um, but if I was a team that could think you could stay relatively healthy, you could stay healthy, I'd sign them. And maybe it is the Patriots because literally they, they live – most of the guys live in Massachusetts. As long as they stay, people keep on masking up and staying healthy and doing everything. And we don't have a another second wave and they could – Maybe no, and Patriots not one Patriots place has tested positive for COVID. Let's keep that up, folks. I mean, you if we do this, and, and let's, you know, if they stay healthy, they could just be one, just be being healthy. What about making a trade? We see this a lot in baseball, oh, yeah. you know, rental player guys, guys who are yeah. coming at the end of their contract. Now, people have said you can't spend all this $33 million because right. next year the cap's going to go down. So, fine, I won't make a long-term investment, but what if I go and get a, you know, A.J. Green is a free agent after the year. Marvin Jones is a free agent after the year. Yeah. Could I go make a deal for a guy who's you got make, one year it. left? They have, they have, with $33 million in cap space, they have so much flexibility in what they want they can do. Um, and I, the idea that they shouldn't spend any close to any of that $33 million just to have the roll over the cap space. All right, folks, and you, that's, you're pretty much assuming that every other team is not going to do the same thing. You know, saying so right now, like the seven, right now after we saw a tweet from Phil Tweets Yates over the weekend, how much cap space per team each had. The average team and the average team had seventeen million dollars in cap space. Yeah, the Patriots have thirty three, but one of the Patriots is one of the few teams in the league that has active roster bonuses. All right, mm -hmm. so like for example, when David Andrews plays is for, is active for the first game, the next day, the the next the following week, the Patriots are going to lose cap space. Patriots could lose, could lose up to $2.3 million in cash rate just because of the active roster bonuses. Wow. All right? So the Patriots are not, while they look good now, all right, that $33 million doesn't mean they're going to end up being in, one of, in the leaders now. It doesn't mean if they do a couple things, they sign, extend some players like a, a J.C. Jackson or Adam Butler or Lawrence Guy. doesn't mean they're going to have the 33 at the end. 
and I and I said this on Twitter, and I'll say this, keep on saying this on my on Twitter. I'll keep on saying it on podcast. I'd rather have the player than the cap space eight days a week. Um, because cap space, I well, I'm a cap space guy, all right. And I said this on Twitter. Cap space doesn't make a play. It doesn't tackle. Doesn't throw. Doesn't run. Doesn't do anything. It's just a tool allowing you to get the talent. And that and that's where you, that's what you cap space doesn't do anything. Like the Cleveland Browns have had a ton of cap space. They've won Jack. And I was like, I don't I can ask the average football team, fo- football fan, three, who won the Super Bowl three years ago, all right? But you can, and they will know the answer. Average football fan, who ended the year with the most cap space? Most people don't know that. You know, it's all about the winning. <laughs> Sorry. Um, how how did the Patriots get in such a bad situation to start with? Because they only had the one million dollars for a long time. We talked about how yeah. did, for a team that never pays anybody. Okay, let's, how let's, did they let's, end up in such a bad spot? I can, I, I can, let's stop with the never pay anyone. Okay. Any position, I can probably every position on it. They probably they've had someone at near the top of the league. Okay, for example, Joe Corey from CBS Sports Line. Right, just had an article about. The highest paid players by position and adjusted for the ca- increase in the cap. Still, Ty Law, Lauren Malloy, Robert Nkowski were listed on that. Okay? Um, current, play, current Patriots who near, was near the, near the top of when they signed the deal. Okay? Devin McCourty, Stephon Gilmore, Shaq. Okay, Shaq Mason, they got a great deal on him. Um, so they, the Patriots, what they happen to do, they they go for the they have the most, and I, and I haven't done it lately because I've been because I lost power. Um, they have about thirty eight players who make a have a cap of at least a million. Oh, I, I can't be right now. Hold on a minute. Let's not give you the wrong number. Okay, it's no because after the offense, couldn't the number couldn't be right. Okay, it's thirty. They have thirty three players who have a million dollars and million dollar cap hit. All right. That used to lead. They used to have thirty-eight. That used to lead the league. After the opt-outs, somebody, some other team might lead the league now. That's what they believe in. They believe in a strong middle class, and, um, and they used to pay some practice squad players more than more than a minimum. Of course, in a new CBA, they got taken away. <laughs> so yet another rule of the Patriots have have caused to change. So, um, so, and the other thing, the reason they didn't have a lot of cap space is a, they had a lot of dead money because of Antonio Brown, Tom Brady, um, Stephen Kutkowski, Michael Bennett, and then they they for some reason didn't make any moves, made less than six or seven moves that created cap space the entire off season. They waited till they came to. The Aaron Hernandez and Antonio Brown thing came in, b- bumped on up to seven million, and then the opt outs, and boop, now we're up to thirty three. They chose that. It was an interest. I don't know. I don't. I would think they would have ch- maybe a chase someone else. I see what I mean. If they kept those eight uh, opt outs, I can see what they were doing. You know, I got to better understand what they were doing. But that's why. That's the explanation why they have, they have very little cash space. I disagree with this. They don't pay anyone. People play, they pay, they have a they have a value, and they don't play that player more than that value. All right, it have they made like some they, bad deals? It, huh? it, it feels like they're paying. So, like, I look at the Rams a couple of years ago. Yeah, the Rams yeah. paid a ton of top end players, uh-huh. 
and then nobody else. The Patriots are saying are spreading out. They're playing more players yes. more generously. Okay, so like for example, that's a great question with the, the Rams, right? Because I'll never forget. Um, I'm gonna blast this guy. I hate he's a, he's gonna hate the blast his name. Jim Donaldson, all right. He's over here talking in, in, in September of 2018, talking about how where the how come the Patriots don't have any cap space, and he's pointing at the Rams. And I like tell him the big difference is a they had the, the rookie quarterback, yeah. all right. Our deal. All right? I'm like, come on. And then, they, so Patriots, they, you know what they, the Rams do? They basically have the same starters and take up, play a lot of snaps. So the Patriots, because they're a matchup team, they have a lot of players play a lot of snaps throughout the year. All right? So they have, this, that's not true for the Rams. The Rams have, when you start for them, you're playing all the snaps all the time. So if you, when they get hurt, yeah, that's a big drop off. You know what I'm saying? So I prefer I, I'm not, because a Patriots fan. I, I've been watching them, and I understand. I was saying, yeah, they're an older team, but I don't think you could be this matchup specific if with you had a, ton, a team of a bunch of rookies. You know what I'm saying? So that's where I'm a little worried about the Patriots' success this year because they're gonna have a, they're gonna be a lot younger than they have been in the past. Uh, so they really depending on the, the the smartness of the of these rookies and one year one year players to adjust the game plans right away. You know, saying so. Okay, that answers feel, that. How do you feel about the Pats right now? Are you worried I, about I, Buffalo? Uh, I'm never going to be worried about jo- Buffalo when they have Josh Allen. Okay, <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I just don't think he's a good quarterback. Um. But I worry about them. I thought a team that if they spend the money, spend a couple more guys, maybe should, they should be shining. They should be going after Logan Ryan. They should be going yeah. after Tim Jurgen to make that team better. All right, throughout the so they can they can overcome Josh Allen. Okay, all right. Um, do I? I used to be like I, I'm gonna I'm a Zoom session with a couple of Patriots fans on a monthly one, and I'm I was dead. 11-5, 11-5, These opt-outs have made me a little bit less confident of 11-5. I'm probably going to drop it down to 10-6. You know what I'm saying? But that, it is because I didn't, I didn't think eight. I didn't think eight. Well, 10-6 gets him into the playoffs. Might even win yeah. the division. So 10-6 yeah, yeah. is the end of the playoffs. Yeah. So, Miguel. I, 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 like, before, I don't bet. Like, I was thinking about betting on the Patriots on the over. Miguel, hey, we appreciate your hard work. You can follow him on Twitter at Pat's Cap. He is, I mean, look, I think Boston.com ranked you one of the top 25 follows in the New England area. So he's he's one of the top follows for any Patriots fan. He's got all the answers. It's easy to understand. And again, it's like hieroglyphics. He makes it easier for you to understand. So, Miguel, (laughs) I appreciate you, man. Pat's Nation appreciates you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Take care. God bless and stay safe, everyone. You as well. There he goes. That's Miguel at Pat's Cap on Twitter. Appreciate you hanging through uh, any audio issues, but uh, overall good. Remember, full show podcast on uh, Apple Podcast, Spotify. We got the Believe in Patriots. You can just Google us. You can continue watching on YouTube as well. One thing that we talked about with Miguel that I want to finish on is this. If I were the Patriots, I'd make a trade because you're going to have teams that are impacted by the coronavirus. and You're going to have teams 
that are looking to shed some salary. You're going to have guys, teams that are looking to looking to save a dollar. And if I were um, the Pats, I'd be looking at a Marvin Jones in Detroit. I'd, AJ Green, they're not going to get out there in Cincinnati, but Marvin Jones in Detroit. There's other wide receivers out there. There's pass rushers out there as well. I'd be looking at. Um, let me see. I have in my notes right in front of Sammy Watkins in in Kansas City, who's already won a ring. So. There are opportunities out there. So you see it in baseball a lot, the rental player. And I always say in baseball, hey, you don't want to overpay for a rental. If the Patriots could keep their compensation that they give a team low, right? If a team's just looking to to shed money, Pats will take on the contract of the player, get the player, and give back what? Sixth round pick, fifth round pick. I do it. I I wouldn't be getting second round picks for these rental players. But if I'm looking to win the Super Bowl this year or win the division, then I'm taking a flyer on these guys and saying, look, I'll improve my team. I got the money that you want to save. I will take the player. I will take the money and I will give you something back in return. So I am all in on the rental player idea for the Patriots. And with the cap expected to go way down next year, you can't make massive long-term investments. If you're the Patriots, what you can do is add to this year's team with that cap space and then not have it be on the books next year when the cap goes down and you still have cap space in the future. Thanks to Miguel from Pat's Cap for joining us. I'm Brady Farkas. Follow me on Twitter. It says it up there on your YouTube screen, at FA Radio Brady. Excited. Thursday's episode, Isaac Bruce, Pro Football Hall of Famer. He lost to the Patriots in a Super Bowl. What are his memories about that? Isaac Bruce comes on Thursday. We'll see you soon, everybody. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.